Khloe Kardashian's face keeps changing. Lola Bunny got her tits taken off. And Meghan Markle did this huge internet breaking interview. What do all three of these things have in common? I'll tell you. It's something. And it doesn't just have to deal with body parts. And guys, if you're listening to this, because I love, I love the dudes who listen to my show. If you're listening to this and you're wondering, how the hell do any of these bitches concern me? There is, there is a reason that they do. Because if you are fed up with the way that we have all gone mad, nobody can have a decent conversation anymore, and everyone's gone full nutty off the deep end, this does actually concern you. And so stick around, put on your little seatbelts, get your popcorn and your 3D glasses, okay? Because I still have my boobs, luckily. Sorry, lols. And we're going to get this shit rolling. Okay. First off is Khloe Kardashian. Now I'm not going to spend too much time on Khloe because it's not like the wokiest issue, but it's still like, it's a good little warm up. It's a good little warm up. Okay. So Khloe Kardashian's face keeps changing. And naturally this was yesterday. She posted a new video and her face looks totally different from how it did. However long ago, I don't know, two days, two weeks, two hours, whatever it may be. And naturally it blew up Twitter because people were like, what is going on? And like everything, it was super split, right? You had the people being like, what is going on? Like what, like actually trolling her and not in a nice way being like, just being like straight up mean. Okay. Doing a lot of hate being saying stuff like her face doesn't move. She looks like she's 60 years old. She looks like a blow up clown. Is this Ronald McDonald? What's going on? Okay. Then though, you have the other side which was basically saying you guys made her this way. You always trolled her for not for being the quote unquote ugly Kardashian sister. You know, this, this is not nice to her mental health, her mental well-being. leave her alone, live and let live. And kind of saying, this is the monster that our society has created. Why am I bringing this up today? Why am I bringing this up again? You may be thinking, what do I care about Khloe Kardashian's face? I'm waiting for my stimulus check. I have bigger fish to fry. It matters. Well, number one, we all have a sort of fascination around this, right? We all have this sort of like, what do I care? They're in such another planet. Like their infinity pool has nothing to do with me, but then you're also looking in, like I am a little fascinated, right? And I took a poll on my Instagram asking, what do you guys think of Chloe's changing face? And even guys, girls, everyone from all walks of life chimed in, which I found is really interesting because it's one of those phenomenons where you can't not stop and look at it, right? It's like fascinating. It's like, you can't, it's like a car crash. Can't got that rubberneck going on. Can't not look. And you guys were, honestly, I'm going to say this. I just put the poll up a little, a little while ago, but I would say like 75% of people said, I'm kind of judging, to be honest. I, I put the options I'm judging or I don't care. I have really complicated feelings about this. Okay. On one side of me, I feel like it makes me really sad because I'm like, are you that insecure that you have had to tweak and 
poke and probe at your face that much. And I also don't like that it gives young kids and girls unrealistic expectations for how their faces should look. I always love those memes or those TikToks where, and I'm like a grandma. I'm like, what, it, what is a TikTok? Like, no, I don't want a TikTok, but things like I just like, it does not concern me, but I always love those TikToks that always like make fun of how our generation, I'm a millennial, but how our generation was growing up because we didn't have computers in our face all the time compared to the generation now. And it always cracks me up because it's like literally me, like metal brace face, you know, like doing these, like wearing these big ugly pajamas, like trying to replicate a Backstreet Boys or Spice Girls dance, like basically peak adolescence, right? And now you have 13 year olds, like, on IG models on a yacht. And you're like, I'm sorry, what one is not like the other. So that's the part I don't like about it is that I feel like it does, it does have this influence where young girls feel like they have to look like that. Right. But then the other part of me does feel like, what does it affect me? Live her life, live and let live. Like it doesn't impact me. If she wants to change her face, she wants to change her face. I've met and seen most of the Kardashian clan, okay? And let me say, I I also want to give credit though where credit is due because I do have to give these gals credit for making curvy really sexy again, not the stick thin Victoria's Secret model. You know what I mean? I actually interviewed um, Bryce Dallas Howard about this, who's Ron Howard's daughter. She's in Jurassic World and she's a curvy gal. And she said the same thing. You could tell she kind of had like a love-hate thing for the Kardashians. Like she's like, bitch, you're really gonna ask me about them right now. But she admitted, she was like, I have to give them credit. They really did make curves and fuller bodies sexy, right? I've interviewed Kim, interviewed Chris, couldn't be nicer. But I will say their faces do not look like your average suburban mom dropping you off at soccer, okay? They're a little stiff. They're a little, they're gonna do what they do doesn't take away that they're like the sweetest people. They're also probably like super groomed and they know how to work the press. They know how to put that thing down, flip it and reverse it on us. Okay. And I haven't met Chloe, but I've seen Chloe and Kylie at events. And I remember before I moved to LA, I was in New York and I saw them on a red carpet. And I did that thing that you guys say in the poll that you did. I automatically not going to lie. I judged. And to this day, I would joke that you would see them and their butts were so big. I would joke that they would like walk and the butt would have like a delay. You know, when you like look up at the stars and they stay, they say that when the stars flicker, that actually that flicker happens like seven hours ago because of how long it takes to get here. I always joke that was like their butt. Like they would take a step and then seven minutes later, the butt would jiggle, right? Cause that's how like big that they had made them. Is that mean or not? I mean, you decide. I always just like thought it was funny cause it's the reality. You look at it and you're like, holy shit. It doesn't even look like it's part of their body. You know what I mean? So again, in real life on the internet, there is that sort of like head turning, like, oh my God, I can't not look right. But what do we have here? What do we have in this example? We have yet again, the split and the way the split in how people see this, the the split in people being like, I'm judging you. You're a freak. You're impacting our young girls. It's not okay. But then you have the other side. That's like, you guys created this. You always called her the ugly sister. You know, they're in the limelight. They always have the eyes on them, the lens on them. And it doesn't speak to how insecure they are and how 
we have created this society of like being perfect, so perfect that now we're tweaking so much that it looks a little crazy. Let's be honest. And the way I see it is that both things can be true. Okay. Both things can be true at the same time. I can think it's a little nutty. I wouldn't necessarily do it to my, my face. And it does give an unreal, unrealistic expectations to women and girls being like, what the hell's going on? Right. But at the same time, I can also acknowledge that it's really sad. I see it and I feel really bad because I'm like, how could you feel that bad about yourself? And the extra, you know, the added layer of this Instagram cameras constantly on you that would even make her feel the need to do that in the first place. Is it like the chicken or the egg? You know what I mean? Is it us creating the pressure? Is it them? And then it's just a cycle. You know what I'm saying? So I can acknowledge that both are true at the same time, which brings me to my gal, Lola Bunny. Okay. I talked a little, a teeny bit about Lola in my last episode with my guest, Casey Santorelli, but guess what? This is where it gets into the woke battle of the times. Okay. Because what's happening now, it, like I said, Chloe was just like an appetizer. Chloe was the seared tuna tartare to your filet. <laughs> okay. So I hope you're hungry. Okay. The, this is like the clash of the woke, the clash of the woke versus the non-woke. And the truth of the matter is that there is an in-between and a nuance with these dualities that two things can be true. Okay, so you guys know Lola Bunny now in the reboot of Space Jam, they massacred her little body. No, they took off her curves and the internet went in an uproar. There's so much going on here that I'm like, I don't even know where to start. And you would probably think like on the surface, you'd be like, it's a cartoon bunny. Who fucking cares? But it sent the internet into a goddamn frenzy, okay? So they're rebooting the 96 classic animated kids film with the Looney Tunes and Michael Jordan. It's a basketball story, okay? Lola Bunny was like the over-sexualized character who had like boobs and the big hair, um, the short shorts, the eyelashes, the whole thing, the whole shebang. And here's what the director said about changing her because now she's flat-chested, doesn't have the big eyelashes, has more of like a boy ish body and uh, uniform thing going on. Okay. And here's what the director said about it. This is 2021. It's important to reflect the authenticity. I can't even read my own damn handwriting. Okay. The authenticity of strong, capable female characters based and also saying taking away her sexuality is quote, giving her a real voice. Now, this is what I mean. This is what I mean about the polarity and the clash of essentially what it's come down to the, the, the canceled, you know, politically correct and the uprise, the anti-cancel culture. Okay. So here are some headlines from the pushback culture thinking that this is crazy. Like, why do we have to take off her little titties for their, for her then to have a voice, to be a strong basketball player, et cetera. Okay. So this is from Instagram. What like mocking this whole thing, what kind of grown adult obsesses over canceling a character from a children's show? 
This is like the same kind of thing we saw with the Mr. Potato Head, right? Like I saw memes that were like, you know, I really feel bad for you if you're sitting around wondering the gender of a plastic potato, right? That whole idea. Then we have this. This is from Fox News. Cancel culture comes for Lola Bunny's big naturals. It's how awkward seeing that headline next to Tucker Carlson's face. Like that'll haunt my dreams, but okay. So now, so you have that backlash, right? Being like, why leave her alone? Okay. So now this is what I mean with the clash. Now we have the anti anti cancel culture who kind of make it like cancel culture and that side makes everything something it's not blow stuff out of proportion and basically saying regulating all this and making these tweets is okay. So this is from the site Betches, which I was disappointed because you know what guys, like you're run by Betches. You got to support the Betches and their Betches. You know what I mean? Okay. That was super meta. So they're making fun of the cancel culture going after this. And they say, Cut to anti-cancel culture activists going on TV to explain why children need overtly sexual cartoon animals in their basketball movie. Fair point. Fair point about the kids things. My friend had DM me who's, who's a dad saying that being like, but it's a kid's movie. Do we care? Okay. Fair point. Sidebar. Then we have the cut. The cut is like the female brand off of New York magazine, right? Saying, what kind of being dismissive of it again, saying what we're all yelling about is whether we think a cartoon bunny should have boobs. Okay. So this is what I mean. It's like already even the cancel culture and this whole politically correct culture is becoming a divided thing. It's like pick a side. Basically. I heard something this morning that basically said now what it's not even like politics. Now it's literally like woke or not woke are the two sides. And this kind of exemplifies that as does the Meghan Markle thing, which we're going to get into. So get your crumpet. So here's, here's my, here's my take on this whole thing. Okay. As soon as this news came out, I had people, men, women, black, white, young, old text me being like, why leave her alone? What what, now cartoons aren't even safe. My issue with it, and I'm not just like going after this. I feel like sometimes people think who are the anti anti cancel culture who think the whole cancel culture is blown out of proportion and is ridiculous. Sometimes I feel like they think that I and people like me are going after stuff for the sake of it. And that's not that's not true. Like I'm not. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to argue against it just for the sake of being like, oh, cancel culture at it again. Like this is something I feel particularly strong about because I've written about it. I've dedicated a lot of work to the fact that I feel strongest when I feel sexy, period. Why right now? Do I have my little dangly necklaces? Do I have my cleavage? Do I have my lip liner? I'm not coming to talk to you in a plastic hefty bag. Okay. There, we feel a lot of the times I'm not speaking for all women here, most confident and sexy and, and strongest and articulate when we are put together. Okay. Not saying the new Lola isn't put together, but I'm just making that point because a lot of these articles that were critical of the original Lola being over-sexualized as this like male fantasy 
brought up her opening scene. And let me tell you, bitch, I watched the opening scene and then I watched it again and then I watched it again. Why? Because it is the epitome of female strength. I'm talking about the original 96 movie, okay? Let me lay it out. She walks into the gymnasium and there's like, a sure, she's objectified, right? There's a saxophone playing and all the guys, all the players like stop and stare at her. Big fucking whoop. Ooh, attention. Oh God, no, we can't have that. God forbid. Oh geez, no. Okay, somebody call somebody. Somebody call the basketball police to fix this terrible thing. So number one, she looks super hot as aforementioned, number two, she schools the fuck out of Bugs Bunny. She straight up dunks on his ass and schools him, okay? Then, because Bugs Bunny calls her doll and she's like, don't, after she dunks on his head, basically, right? She's like, don't ever call me doll again. Gets up, walks away, and literally leaves them in her bunny dust, okay? That's not strong enough. That's my issue. That's my issue right there is how the director literally says we're swapping sexy for strong. And in my view, I'm like, I don't know. I feel like it doesn't get much stronger than that. Like she pretty much put them in their place and then like showed that they had, she had as much talent as they did combined, like in her little bunny pinky finger. So that's the part that I don't like. And sidebar, there is a part of it, TBH, that how, and I've talked about this before, right? That has to do with like what we epitomize as like male and female fantasy of sexuality, right? That goes back to evolution. I know you guys like the sex talk. So let's get it on a little sidebar, all right? Get your pencils, get your banana and your condoms to do sex ed. You guys know there are traits for both sexes that the other, that is kind of like the ideal, the epitome for men. It's like big, the protector, the muscles that you get it. Right. And we even see Bugs Bunny when he meets Lola kind of play up to that. He's like, and if you're listening and not watching, he like sucks in his chest and tries to make his chest all big and bulky. Right. To like prove he's a man, women, same thing. All the signs of fertility, right. The, the curves, the big eyes, the big lips. Okay. So at some point, listen, I, and I wrote a little essay about this in my newsletter, which if you haven't subscribed, get on that shit. You can subscribe. The link is in my show description, um, on Apple, Spotify, iHeart, et cetera. On some level, I feel like we have to acknowledge that Hollywood is going to play up to these ideals, Right. And it made me really wonder, it made me really wonder, this is a total sidebar, but are we depending on Hollywood too much to impact our lives? Uh, Like, are we giving it a little more credit than it deserves? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, why can't we take for a grain of salt that Hollywood is going to use these sex standards for both sexes, right? It's fantasy. It's, it's not always real life. It's what sells, right? Sex sells. Think about it. Think about the male sex objects in movies. I said this in my newsletter. Really think about a non-ideal masculine who is objectified as a sex object in a show or a movie, right? Because we have like that classic masculinity, the Brad Pitt, you know, 
<clears throat> the Denzels, the George Clooney's, right? That grade, a, the Henry Cavill, is that how you pronounce it? That grade A masculinity. Who I said this in my newsletter, what, maybe Seth Cohen, maybe on the OC, who's like the cute, like geeky nerd. I'm saying they do it to both. So are we giving Hollywood a little too much emphasis on how much it impacts us and how we should feel about our lives? Like take Pepe Le Pew getting canceled. This is a side sidebar, right? Because they're saying that this skunk perpetuates rape culture. I had a guy friend say to me, uh, I can, even as a kid, I think I could distinguish, like, I don't think a cartoon skunk impacted my life that much and like made me want to harass and sexually assault girls. You know, I had someone else say to me, oh, okay. I see. It's a cartoon skunk. It's not like upbringing or, or, you know, bad parenting or mental issues that would make men hurt and assault and rape women. It's a cartoon skunk. That is my point. Total sidebar. But again, are we giving Hollywood too much credit? Can we take a step back and go, it's a little bit of fantasy. It's a little bit of this, a little bit of objectification, a little bit of ideals, right? It's not necessarily our day-to-day lives. Back to the Kardashians. Like I said, Kris Jenner is picking you up from carpool. She is not going to look like Susan from your cul-de-sac, right? There's a different, it's a different world there, which brings me back to Lola Bunny. So I laid out how I feel about Lola. Like I personally think taking away her curves and her sexuality just plays up to the stereotype that, sexy girls are bimbos. They're not strong. They're not smart. And they're not independent, uh, you know, autonomous people. Right. I don't like that. I don't like that. You have to trade one in to somehow get the other. I think it perpetuates that stereotype because let me tell you, hot girls will fucking school your ass in sex ed and on the basketball court. Okay. But so there's my argument for that. But I also had women, and I said this in my last episode, who were kind of like, you know what? I don't know why the the anti-cancel culture new mob, if you will, I guess it's like a new emerging mob, the anti-mob is so uptight about this because we should be seeing women because the reality is we don't all look like that, right? We don't all look like this perfect bunny. Okay. So why can't we see women who are a little like more boxy or who are lanky or who have boyish bodies or have, you know, no boobs, big butt, whatever it is. Why can't we see them on screen as the objectified sex object? Because the reality is that's how we come in real life. Right. To that, I say, touche. You're right. The reality is not everybody's going to look like that. Again, both, I bring it back. I can acknowledge here that both things can be true. Despite the fact, I will say that goes into my last point, you know, seeing women of all sizes, et cetera, et cetera, on screen goes back to, again, are we giving Hollywood a little too much credit in how it reflects and impacts our lives, right? So you have there, there it is again. It's like, we have this culture war going, erasing her, erasing her body is ridiculous. Then you have the other side going, you guys thinking it's ridiculous is ridiculous. Let them change it. 
and round and round we go. And the fact of the matter is people, both things can be true. I don't think that they needed to change her body to make a point. Like I said, I actually think it perpetuates a shitty stereotype. But on the other side of that, I can also acknowledge that, sure, let's see women of all shapes and sizes because that's how we come in real life and on our cul-de-sacs. And my guest on my last episode made a great point. Everyone finds different things sexy, but why you got to change her, create a new character, create Brenda Bunny. You know what I'm saying? Both things can be true. Which now, last but not least, brings me to the Meghan Markle interview, which let me just say, the eight o'clock to 10 o'clock block on Sunday evening was the most attention that I've paid to this family. And that is mostly because I am mesmerized by Oprah. Mesmerized. I said this on my Instagram story, like this lady, her voice, her charisma, her eyes, the way they lock with yours. She could literally tell me to pick up her crumbs off the floor with my pinky and I would do it. I would do it and I wouldn't even ask her why. And then I would probably serve her tea after. Like she just has that effect. Like you're listening. Okay. But like everything else, like everything else, now this is becoming a totally divided issue with no capacity for in between. Okay. So let me break it down. Basically, Meghan Markle did this like huge sit down with Oprah in case you're living under a boulder. And she talks about leaving the royal family, how shitty they treated her and, you know, talked about her mental health struggles and the race component of it. Right. We're going to get into all this, but here's how it's divided. Okay. Let's start with the anti, let's start with the anti mob first, like the anti cancel culture. So they're the ones who are, and these are, I feel like people who, to my point earlier, who will like go after something for the sake of going after it. Maybe they really feel this way. I mean, I don't know, but again, this is where I feel like nothing has any capacity for nuance anymore because we've gone full-blown civil. So you have people, and I've heard friends say, you know what? I don't need to hear these privileged rich people complaining from their $15 million seaside mansion when people are dying, suffering, unemployed, have destroyed livelihoods, maybe forever. Like it might be a little off-putting, not sure. Like, I don't feel sorry for you. This is another poll I took on my IG too, is honestly, I said, do you feel sorry for her? And I would say like 60 to 70% of you guys said no. And the rest said yes. Okay. So the people who don't, so here are some of the, um, again, like the, I think this was from Fox news as well. Um, yes, it was. Okay. So here's what I mean. So Fox news says rich Royal actress becomes society's big victim. And then also, I believe it was Ben Shapiro on the daily wire who called her the woke princess. Okay. So now you have, so they're the ones who are not having it. Okay. So then you have the woke who are really like painting, you know, giving complete backlash to all this. I'm going to get into Piersy Morgan. I nicknamed him Piersy, get over it. Who are painting her as an utter, complete and total victim. These are the two sides yet again. Here's how I see it, okay? (sighs) Number one, did it bug me that 
they were doing this whole sit down when like, we're all hating our lives. <laughs> That's the only way to put it. I've run out of mo- metaphors. Honestly, it didn't bother me. I-, I actually didn't think that until I heard people bring up that point later being like, do I really need to see this right now? Like, do I, that part didn't bug me. I actually found it like entertaining and a nice little break from the despair of our daily lives because days don't exist anymore. So like for those two hours, I was like brought to another place in Malibu in, in that little bird chirping seaside getaway oasis estate staring into Oprah's eyes. Okay. And her bosom. So that part didn't bug me. I did feel like, you know, There were parts, let's be honest, where people were like, I don't know how much I'm buying this, right? I had a friend texting me during it being like, I feel like she's almost like believing her own lies. Like she's an actress. She, and this is what I mean about how the woke is painting her as a victim. Like even saying any of this, you can't, you'll get pushed back. It's like, nope, nope, nope. She's right. And she's true about everything. And if we're being honest with ourselves, I have people, again, friends, people on all sides who are texting me saying this stuff, right? Because it's where they were, what they were thinking. And it's honest. So people were texting me being like, you know, she's an actress. She's been in the limelight. And how genuine is she being right now? Because one of the things that I know people were like, excuse me, I'm sorry, what? Is how she claimed to have never Googled Harry, which that part, iffy. Like I don't Google guys I'm dating, you know, the last time I dated in like 1982, but I, I personally don't do that because I'm like, I'd rather just find out the normal way. If he's an ax murderer, I will find out on my own. Right. And she claimed she never Googled him and had basically no idea what she was getting into because it's a, it's a shitty ass whirlwind. Let me tell you, I would never be a Royal and I'm going to explain why. And that's where people were like, girl, You never like, that's where I was even like, okay, I'm sorry. This is like going to be life altering. And you didn't, maybe not the Google part. I know a lot of friends of mine were like, I'm sorry, I'm not buying it. You didn't Google him once that part. I'm iffy on, but like not inquiring at all, pretty much about what it would be like who in their right mind. Like that's where I was like, come on cup at all. You want to know at all. This is about to change your life forever. Like, come on. Okay. So we can feel that way. We can be a little like, I don't know. I don't know about that. But then there are the parts that were really shitty, right? She talks about how it's basically prison, which this part was not surprising. None of what I'm about to say was surprising to me. People were shocked. I'm like, you're shocked that they're prison, old, stick up their butt, racist, like artifacts. What's surprising about that? I'm sorry. It's the British monarchy. Like, why are you guys so shocked, right? So she talks about how it's like completely stifling. She says they take your, like, they basically own you. They take your passport, your driver's license, which when I heard that, you know, I'm an independent gal. I'm on the move. I had a full-blown panic attack at the thought of someone taking my license, right? Then she gets into the race stuff as well, saying there were conversations with someone who won't be named about how dark their child's skin would be and how that could be an issue which that is fucked up. Like I want my mom and I turned at each other and we were like uh, the Oprah meme of her dropping her jaw to the floor, by the way, being like, what will live like on my refrigerator and in my dreams forever. But again, I wasn't surprised. Like it's so shitty and it's terrible, but like, look at who we're looking at here. You guys are surprised that they're like these old fogey racists. again, not so shocking. Right. 
And she talks about her mental health struggles being in there. And honestly, I was captivated when she was talking about this stuff, captivated, basically drooling because it really was so compelling. She talked about how she literally had suicidal thoughts and she walked us through them. And she shows a picture of this day where she literally wanted to end her life because she felt so trapped, so helpless. And basically, and she also insinuates that they didn't, she was crying out for help and no one offered to help her. They were like, it's going to be a bad look. If we bring in any professional help, like basically deal with it, you know, have a little tea and be on your way, have a little cranberry biscuit and shut right up. So she shows a picture of one day where she was literally like grasping on for dear life. And it's her and Harry at this big event. And she's like, you can see our knuckles are like literally white because we're grasping on for each other's lives. Because earlier that day, I didn't want to be alive. I mean that, listen, I've been there, especially in COVID. I have been there. And I have to say, it was completely riveting and it was completely heartbreaking because I know what it's like. And I give her props for like, I feel like people talk about mental health a lot, like celebrities, but nobody really describes it like that. And I know when I was going through my own struggles, you know, I make fun of celebrities a lot, but hearing their stories talk about it, like Giselle, did you guys know this sidebar, but Giselle, you know, the most famous, influential, richest supermodel in the world dealt with her own anxiety issues with claustrophobic, you know, she was claustrophobic and couldn't go on planes, all this stuff, right? Oddly enough, reading these stories from these really influential and successful people made me feel better because I'm like, okay, if they can do it, I can do it. Okay. So that I give her major, major kudos. So this is what I mean, where both things can be true, but can they? Okay. So you have, let's get back to Piersy. Piercy boy. So Piercy, Pier, now I'm actually calling him Piercy. Okay. Pierce Morgan. He, and I never watched Pierce Morgan, but he's a TV commentator host in the UK. And he, I'm not going to get into it, but he has this like whole beef with Meghan Markle is always shitting on her, you know, thinks she doesn't respect the Royal family, etc. And on I think it was Good Morning Britain on the show. This man was basically challenging Pierce Morgan for shitting on Meghan Markle, being like, we always hear you shit on her. Because Pierce Morgan basically says she's the greatest actress, where's her Oscar? I don't believe a goddamn word she's saying, whether it be about the race, the mental health, I don't believe any of it, okay? So this guy's like, really though, really? And what does Pierce do but get up and walk off set? walk offset. And now this, and obviously now we have like the woke mob rejoicing. I've seen so many memes and stories that are like, at last, you know, we got him. We took out the real trash. We got him out of here. Shut up. We got him to shut up for good. Now here's where I have mixed feelings about this. Okay. Cause here we go yet again. It's either Pierce Morgan is right. Yeah. Free speech or bye-bye go enjoy with your friends in the dumpster, enjoy your new home, right? Enjoy your new humble abode. And here's where I'm mixed because Pierce Morgan is all about, let me say what I want to say. Listen, I don't think people argue it's so harmful what he said, you know, writing her off as lying, especially because she talked about race and about mental health, right? I don't think it's hard. Listen, if he thinks she's lying, he thinks she's lying. That's his opinion, right? But what I don't like about this is that, 
he's all about free speech and he doubles down on it. He quits, walks off of his morning show. He's like, you're not going to silence me and I'm going to come back better than ever. You know, free speech, blah, blah. But dude, if you're all about free speech, how are you going to walk off of set when somebody in a polite manner challenges you, says something they don't like, uses their free speech, has their opinion, and you walk off set like a little baby bitch? No. No. This is, again, free speech doesn't mean just yours, guy. It means everyone else's, and you're going to get so your panties in a wad, you're going to walk off your own set? No. Get a grip, Okay. So this is where, yet again, both things in this situation can be true, right? On one side, can we think parts of it were a little how genuine, how upfront was she being? Eh, I don't know. How timely and necessary was this? Was it a little insensitive to be complaining about your lives when we're all going through what we're going through? Eh, questionable, right? And the other side can be true too. Is it awful that you experienced blatant racism in the monarchy? Yes. Is it terrible that you experienced suicidal thoughts in those prison, I mean, palace walls? Yes. But again, we're in this culture war and you'll look, just take a look at the headlines, right? Where it's either or, and both things can be true. So this brings me to my last point. We're going to sum it on up. Do you like my notes? I feel like we've been like, we're on a little roll today. We're just like, bang, bang, bang. So in my last episode, I talk, and you know me, like I try not to get into the politics of this because I am not a political expert. And to be honest with you, I don't want to be tied to either side, right? But this is innately political and I'm going to explain why. And we got into this a little bit in my last episode. I'm going to be upfront. I think both sides are corrupt. I think both sides argue with the other, dig their heels in even more, right? And don't get anything done. Sarah Silverman said an amazing thing about this um, yesterday. I posted it to my story because she is a liberal who we know, like the liberal, the far, far, far side of the liberals is the woke mob, right? Just like the right has their far extreme side. But she basically says, I don't like what my party is becoming because it is, you know, it's not progressive. There's no, everything is so extreme. It's so elitist. And there is no, we're not a country of ideas anymore. So she's even shitting herself being like, whoa, with the culture war, right? But this is why it's important. Because although both sides have their issues, get their panties in a wad, are all crazy, I do feel like the woke, if you want to call it, the left, if you want to call it, often drives the mainstream narrative and gets a pass. They do. They get a pass. And the perfect example of that is Gina Carano getting fired from The Mandalorian for saying something essentially that her co-star Pedro Pascal said, and he is still fully employed and collecting those benefits. And she got the ax. That's a perfect example right there of what I mean about how there's a pass on that side. And there is a double standard. And often people will say who are, who think that the cancel culture is ridiculous in the sense of it's ridiculous that people have such a reaction to it. You know, they think that it's not really cancel culture. They think that 
you know, people have consequences and they think that it can't just be the wild west of free speech, right? They think, you know, you have to on some point regulate. People can't just be out here guns blazing, saying and doing whatever they want to say. There has to be some sort of regulation. Hence the people saying, you know, oh, here we go. You know, cancel culture getting upset that she doesn't have boobs. Cancel culture getting upset that Meghan Markle's complaining, whatever it is. And my problem with that is, look what happens when we start regulating. Look what happens when we don't really let everybody have a say. When we start regulating and saying, this is accepted. No, this is not accepted. It's going to constantly now be the clash of these culture wars. There is truth in that because we are starting to say this is okay and that's not. Now, you guys, now everything is going to be in the camp of this is okay and that's not. Regardless of politics, regardless of where your cul-de-sac is, right? That's what everything is going to boil down to. And that's what I don't like about it. And that's why I always support a free exchange of ideas and thoughts, even really, honestly, even really nasty, gross ones, because we need to know that they're out there. Right. And I posted this amazing clip from this congresswoman the, uh, the other day. Uh, I forget her name, but she's a boss ass bitch go on my Instagram and I have the clip, but she basically says like, we need to defend the speech that we hate so that we're protected too. And we just be louder. So that is what I'm all about because we, how long are we going to live in this? Like I say, Sybil dual reality, you know, a tale of two worlds, right? The people regulating, so to speak, and the people uprising against the regulating. Every freaking issue is going to be this or that. There's going to be no room to do what I did today, which is go, you know what? Actually, both things can be true at the same time. There can be a middle ground. There can be a gray in this rainbow turned into a black whole smoking fire pit. Okay. There can be gray. There can be an in-between to things. So as you go about your weekend, get your crown, put it on your little head and think about that. Think about that. Are you able to see in the gray? Mr. Gray, we'll see you now. We could only hope. Thanks for listening, guys. Oh, and forgot to mention, you know, I never really do a plug, but besides the newsletter, if you guys could um, rate and subscribe, it always, always helps because Mark Zuckerberg hates me. So if you could rate and subscribe on Apple, et cetera, et cetera, that would be awesome. And I really will take you to my Mr. Gray sex chamber. Okay, guys, I'll see you next time. Kisses.